0: Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. Happy Mother's Day and Mother's Week. We are celebrating the mothers today, and we are so grateful for the mothers that God has given us. Now, me being a preacher of the Bible, I always like to look at what the Bible says about things. And the Bible is full of wonderful stories about mothers, I wonder who you think of as the best mother or the main mother in the Bible. Many people think of Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was an amazing woman, a young teenage girl, unmarried, engaged to a man. And the Holy Spirit came upon her and implanted a child in her womb. The angel spoke to her. She said, yes, I trust you, Lord. Let it be to me as you have said. And she was used by God to nurture and train the son of God all the way up until he was grown up. And then do you remember at the wedding in Cana, she's still trying to tell her son what to do, but he's a grown man now. He's 30 years old and he's making his own path and she has to let him go. And then she watches him die later on the cross. And Jesus says to John, the apostle, please look after my mom and to his mom that she has a new son, which is John. So that's a beautiful picture of motherhood. And when you think about what God entrusted to her to bring up the Son of God, it's extraordinary, but every mother has that role. In Timothy, it talks about Lois and Eunice, Timothy's grandmother and mother who trained him and brought him up in the faith Timothy's dad was not a Jew and probably not a Christian, but these two ladies guided Timothy. And in 2 Timothy 3, Paul says, you've known the scriptures from childhood. So these ladies trained him again, an amazing role in discipling and bringing God's purposes into the earth. In Romans 16, we read of a whole list of ladies who were great ministry tools and laborers and uh, gifted women. And then in one of the verses, Paul says to Rufus, please greet your mother, who's also my mother. So this lady, Rufus's mother, had kind of adopted the apostle Paul and helped him in his ministry. And so we see all these examples of ladies who were mothers in the Bible. You may think, no, no, let's go all the way back to Eve. When Adam and Eve first sinned, Um, and Eve became the mother of Cain and Abel and Seth, and and that whole line was started. Eve had a role, and she was the mother of all of us. Interestingly, in National Geographic, science has said that there is probably an Eve, a, a mother who all the humans in the world are descended from based on scientific evidence. But you may think of Eve as the great mother, or you may think of Hannah, That lady who was barren and she prayed for a child and she gave birth to Samuel who became Samuel the prophet who anointed King Saul and King David and did so many great things. You may think of her because she was so devoted to God, she dedicated her child to God and as a result, God's purposes were achieved on the earth. Or you may think of Samson's mother. Samson, um, the lady whose name is, is not mentioned, she's just mentioned as Manoah's wife, but she was Samson's mother and an angel appeared and said, be devout, be separate, don't sin, don't touch all these different things and you will have a child and he will do great things. And we know that Samson did great things, but it was probably because of his mother's devotion and dedication that he was blessed and anointed so much. You may think of all of these ladies as great mothers, but I want to tell you about Deborah today because Judges chapter 5 says that she was a mother in Israel and she did great things. Let me just read you the song of Deborah, the song that she sang after the victory that God brought through her hands. In Judges 5, it says, Then Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam, sang on that day, saying, When leaders lead in Israel... When the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes. I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. This is Deborah. She starts off her song with praise to the Lord. So what I'd like to do is just look at a few of the elements that made Deborah such an amazing mother and woman. And we want to celebrate mothers, but also I want to inspire you mothers with how great your role is and how important it is. So she starts off with praise and worship. Mums, if you will praise God, great things will happen. Many times in the Bible, um, when Jehoshaphat put praise and worship leaders in front of the army, the enemy was defeated. When Paul and Silas praised in prison, their chains fell off. Praise brings God's presence. And when you praise God and worship him and thank him, your home is filled with God's presence and your family is blessed. But then she also says when leaders lead in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves. She was a leader. She was a judge. Let me just tell you a little bit about a judge. You know, you have the deliverers. You have Moses and Joshua who brought the promised People out of the the slavery of Egypt into the promised land. You have these deliverer leaders, great leaders, Moses and Joshua. And then after a while, you have the kings, Saul and David and all the other kings. But in the middle, you have a period of judges who were not elected officials. They were not anointed by a priest or by God. They just had leadership gifts. And so they were natural leaders who became leaders, but they all had different characteristics. And Deborah's was, she tried to raise up other leaders. And I think this is one of the main jobs of a mother, is to raise up and develop her children, her family, her husband, if she has one, to to raise others up. Often a great leader is someone who, when things go wrong, they say, it's my fault. But when things go right, they say, it's us who did it. And that's what Deborah did. She raised up leaders and she starts her song praising God and then saying, when the leaders lead, when people willingly offer themselves, she wasn't grasping for a position of leadership or a title. She had these gifts that made people follow her, but she was trying to to promote other people. Verse 4, it says, Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the field of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens poured, the clouds also poured water. We're going to see um, that the victory that she and Barak won was miraculous because God brought water, brought rain and, and a storm and it defeated the enemy. Verse 5, the mountains gushed before the Lord, the Sinai, before the Lord God of Israel. In the day of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were deserted. And now she's talking about how bad things were when they were still in captivity to the enemies of God. She says, the highways were deserted. The travelers walked along the byways. What that means is that things were so bad in Israel. And they were under so much oppression that people wouldn't walk in the open on the streets because they feared they would be attacked. And so they would take back roads and byways. Uh, Village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. She said village life ceased. And this is another characteristic of a mother, which I value so much and which we need. And if you are a mother or even uh, just a, a lady in the church, we need you to do this. They bring village life. They bring family atmosphere. They gather people. They, they have meals. They host. They foster relationships. All the beauty and the, the, the movement of life that happens in a village or in a family. Think of a, a Christmas meal or a family meal, whatever it is. There is the community aspect of life That often revolves around a mother, around her cooking, around her attitude of welcome, of love, of acceptance, of gathering. She's often the one who will call and say, will you come? Are you coming? She brings people in and makes them feel welcome. And it says village life had ceased. So Deborah arose because village life had ceased. At the end of her song, at the end of that chapter, it says, So the land had rest for 40 years. For 40 years after Deborah's great victory, there was peace and God's love and kindness was resting over Israel because a mother stood up and did something great. So let's read chapter 4 where it talks about what she did. In verse 1 it says, When Ehud was dead, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin. King Of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor, the commander of his army was Sisera, who dwelt in Harasheth Hagoim. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, for Jabin had 900 chariots of iron, and for 20 years he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. So there is this enemy, Jabin and Sisera, his commander, and they are harshly oppressing. Now there is justice in this, and there is just the normal. Uh, rules of life. If I sin, I invite oppression and problems and pain. And the children of Israel had sinned. And so these enemies had come and oppressed them, but they cried out to the Lord and God used Deborah to deliver them. But I just want to say to you, mother, when you look around you, there is need for your work, for your gifting, for your services. In the church, there are people who come in who are new believers, who are oppressed by the devil. It says here that Sisera and Jabin had 900 iron chariots. This happened in about 1200 BC when the Bronze Age was ending and the Iron Age was beginning. And so if you had iron chariots, it was a brand new weapon. It was like they had invented a new way of doing warfare. And they had 900 of these iron chariots, which meant they were so powerful. They could oppress other nations and they could cause incredible uh, misery by the strength of their oppression. And you might look around and say, the world is in a mess. The devil seems to be ruling and reigning. He has iron chariots. He has all these tools at his disposal that he uses to oppress and hurt and mislead and hurt our, our children. But if a mother will stand up, you will see that God can do amazing things. It doesn't matter how big the opposition is with you, serving God and reaching out to him and asking for his help, you can make a difference. Verse four, now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. As I said, these judges weren't appointed. It wasn't a position. It wasn't a badge. It wasn't a title. It wasn't um, an official status. It was just that people looked to them. They had giftings. She was a prophetess and she was good at leading, and people were drawn to her. Proverbs 18 says, Your gift, a man's gift will make way for him, will make room for him, and people will receive him. If you have a gift, use it. You may not be appointed to a title. You may not have a position. Let me just clarify this for a second. From, Sam, from Saul and David onwards, they had official titles of a king in Israel. And then uh, there were also priests who were appointed, priests and kings. But those are official titles, but the giftings that God gives can be used. And it's best if we don't need official titles, but the reality is, in the world in which we live, we need to say someone is the official leader. The buck has to stop somewhere. In a family, the Bible says the husband is the head of the home, he may not be the most gifted in Lapidoth's house, Deborah was the most gifted. And in many cases, the person with the title must be respected and honored and their decisions must go. But a good official will realize the giftings and will allow those giftings to be expressed. And so in the New Testament church, there are elders who are the official position. There is a secondary official position called deacons But then there are a whole bunch of giftings that are not official positions. Things like teacher, apostle, evangelist, um, prophet, all these different giftings that people can use. But at the end of the day, the official position of elder and deacon must be respected. And they make the decisions, but they allow the giftings to be used. In the judge's time, there was no official leader. But because Deborah had the gifting, she was used so powerfully. It says she was a prophetess. She was judging Israel. Verse five, and she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. She would sit there and her gift made a way for her. People came to her. My dear friend who is a mother or a woman, what giftings do you have? Use your gifts. Don't try to copy somebody else. Don't try and be like somebody you've seen, even even a man or a woman, don't try and be somebody else. Use the gifts that God has given you. And the Bible says your gift will open a way for you. People will respond to your gift. You don't have to push your agenda. You don't have to grasp and climb for position or, or recognition. Your gift will make a way for you. If you praise the Lord, if you worship Him, if you serve Him with integrity, your gift will make a way. And that's what happened with Deborah, and we're so glad that it did. Uh, verse 6, then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Abinoam from Kedesh in Naphtali, and said to him, has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor, take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali and of the sons of Zebulun, and against you I will deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude at the river Kishon, and I will deliver them into your hand. Now, the enemy was much larger. Uh, Barak and the Israeli troops only had 10,000 men, but the enemy had 100,000. The the Israelites had no chariots at all. They just had the old Bronze Age weapons. But Sisera and Jabin had iron chariots, 900 of them. So the, the opposition was great. But when you're serving God and when you're doing what he wants you to do in his time and in his way, when you're following God's ways, He will do miraculous things and he will open a way. Against you, I will deploy Sisera um, at the river Kishon and I will deliver him into your hand. In the next chapter, verse 21 of chapter five, it says that the Kishon overflowed. The the stars fought from heaven and there was a, a, a rainstorm and there was gushing water. And what happened was this Kishon river just flooded and the whole valley became mud and the iron chariots were bogged down. And so the Israelites were able to win the war. I will deliver him into your hand. Please don't be discouraged, mother. You may be fighting against all sorts of odds. And and the, the enemies against your family and against your children are great. And you can see that village life has ceased. And you can see that people are are not able to go about living their lives to the full. And you're wanting people to rise up and do things for God. But it seems the opposition is so great. I just encourage you, serve God, trust Him, praise Him, and you will see Him do something amazing. Verse 8, And Barak said to her, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. So she said, I will surely go with you nevertheless there will be no glory for you in the journey you are taking for the Lord will tell will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kedesh and Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali to Kedesh and went up with ten thousand men under his command and Deborah went up with him verse 14 then Deborah said to Barak up for this day in which For this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him, and the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and his army with the edge of the sword before Barak, and Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled away on foot. So what happened here was that Deborah was trying to encourage Barak to lead. And he wouldn't. She wanted him to, to step up. She could see God's call on his life. And, you know, often as parents and as leaders, we can see the call on a person's life. And we know that God could use them. And we know God is wanting to use them. And we encourage them and we try and raise them up. And they just won't step up to the plate. And so Deborah said, OK, I'll go with you. You will get some glory, but most of the glory will not go to you. God will say, others will say a woman did it. But I want you to notice that Deborah was, A, willing to go with him. She was willing to get involved and and help as much as she could. But B, she was trying to raise others up. She wasn't grasping for the title or the glory or the position. Later on in Hebrews 11, it mentions the heroes of faith and Barak is one of them. So he did get some glory for his faith and for his part in this victory. But God's plan and Deborah's plan was for Barak to have a bigger position and to be more of a leader. But a mother just keeps on trying, keeps on patiently trying, raising her children up, pushing them forward, promoting them to greater things and for them to do more than even she can do. But she's willing to try again and again and be more and more patient. And then in her song, she says, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful when the leaders would lead and the people give themselves voluntarily to the Lord. That is the cry of the heart of a mother. Now you might say, I'm not Deborah, (laughs) and I'm not Mary, and I'm not Eve, and I'm not Hannah, and I'm not all these different Lois and Eunice and all these different mothers in the Bible. I'm just me. I'm just a normal, ordinary person. My dear mother or woman, I want to tell you that God has put you where you are for a reason, and he has made you as you are for a reason. You might say, yes, but I've failed. Um, I've blown it so many times. I've sinned or I've been cowardly or whatever it is. I've failed again and again. I don't have what it takes. I want to tell you that God can use even the past mistakes and even the bad things that have happened to you, and he can work them together for good. In 2 Corinthians 1 It says, we, we thank the God of all comfort because He comforts us, but then it says, And you can now comfort others with the comfort you've received. God takes our mistakes and our failures and the bad things that have happened and He turns them for good. He heals us and He makes us able to help others. You are exactly as God wants you to be, and you're in the place that He can use you. Use God's calling and his gifts that he has put inside you. You may not be like these ladies. You may read the Proverbs 31 wife. You know, in Proverbs 31, it gives a description of a woman who gets up an hour before dawn and she's doing business and she's buying fields and she's she's just an incredible CEO and prayer warrior. and, And you might say, that's not me. I can't do all those things. And I want to say to you, exactly as you are right now is how God wants you to be for what he's got for you in the future. Do you remember the parable of the talents that Jesus told where he said somebody was given five talents? A talent was worth 30 years of pay. So five talents is millions and millions of dollars or pounds. Someone was given five. Someone was given two talents and someone was given one. And the person who only had one looked at the, the ones with two and with five and said, I can't do anything. And they buried their talent and they said, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm going to just be paralyzed by fear. And when the master asked them, they said, well, you're a harsh man. And so I was afraid. And the master was, was angry with them because he said, you should have just used what I'd given you. In other words, he was saying, don't compare yourself to everybody else. You know, nowadays, especially for women, there are images and stories and narratives being put out of what you should be like. And you must be like this level of beauty and this standard of character. And you must have this much money and you must copy this star. And I want to say to you that comparison is not of God. God doesn't want us to compare ourselves with each other. He wants us to say, thank you, God, that you've made me the way I am you have gifts. God has given you gifts and abilities and talents. You have time that you can use and you have love that you can give. And your prayers for your children and your family are valuable and beautiful and wonderful. Let me just read you this list of ladies in Romans chapter 12, chapter 16 that Paul writes to. He says, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Kentria, that you receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. So Phoebe was a helper. Maybe you're a helper. Then he says, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. Priscilla was a wife of Aquila. She was a businesswoman. They ran a tent making business. But she was a great leader and a Bible teacher. It says Priscilla and Aquila explained to Apollos the way of the Lord more fully. So she was was one of the hero teacher type leaders in the church. Verse 6 Greet Mary who labored much for us. There was a lady called Mary who labored, she was a worker. Verse seven, greet Andronicus and Junia, my countrymen, my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. There's a lady called Junia. She's married to Andronicus and they are apostles. She was a a great apostle. Verse 12, greet Tryphena and Tryphosa who have labored in the Lord. These were two ladies. And then it says, greet the beloved Persis who labored much in the Lord, another lady. And then verse 13, greet Rufus chosen in the Lord. And his mother and mine. You know when we get to heaven and we meet the Apostle Paul, which I'm looking forward to very much. And we have endless time to discuss with him, because there's no hurry, there's eternity in heaven. And I say to him, Paul, show me your mother. He's going to take me to Rufus's mother because in the Spirit, in, in the Lord, Rufus's mother was Paul's mother. You know, Jesus said that when we give up lands and houses and family for the sake of the Lord, we will receive a hundredfold in this life and a reward in the age to come. That's talking about family members and mothers in the church. And you may not have physical children or a physical family, or maybe you do, but I want to say to you, in the Lord, you can be a mother. Look for those who are lonely, who need guidance, who need love, who need to be Raised up and encouraged. Look for those who need to be connected to others. Look at how you can impart the wisdom and the comfort that God has given you to others. Younger ladies need guidance from older ladies. And we all need your help, mothers. Paul had a mother in the church in Rome who was also Rufus's mother. She wasn't his biological mother, but she cared for him. And we need you in the church, mothers. Thank you, Father, for our mothers. Thank you for the blessing they are. And thank you for the gifts and the anointing you've put on them. Use them. Grow them. May they be great in the Lord in the calling you have given them, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.